0: Part six of Ephesians, and this is the final where we uh, final of the series we're uh, calling Believers Boot Camp. And again, the beginning there it tells us a little bit why we're calling it that, uh, but we're going to skip that for tonight. We're going to just get right into it. And that is the book of Ephesians is the New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament book of Joshua. We are the people on the verge of an entirely new experience, ready to fight for the territory that God has. Promised us, this is the book where the apostle Paul commands: be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And that is just and that and that is just what God commanded Joshua: be strong and of good courage. In chapter six, Paul is going to teach us about wearing the armor of God. But before we get, before he gets us ready to war, he teaches us to submit. That is what Believers Boot Camp is about anyway, bringing a civilian's will into line with military standards, codes, rules, regulations, and ways of thinking. All our relationship with God is the only relationship in which we know that the other party is right all the time. Hallelujah. But God puts us in human relationships where there are times that the authority we're submitted to is not right. Whoa, praise God. Stop right there. We could leave and you could go home and pray about that. Guess what? Just because they're wrong doesn't make you right. Oh boy, does that, that as a human human that does not I don't like that? You're wrong. Oh, Just because they're wrong. Just because they're wrong. Why? So we can learn submission to him, not them. I won't even ask anyone to do this. But I know good and well how many of you have said I'm not doing it. It's wrong. Now we're not talking about stuff that's scripturally wrong. Let's back it up for a moment, okay? We're not talking about scripturally wrong. I'm not saying if you're, you know, we're just going to start baptizing in in five different names, you know. Bill, Tom, Jerry, Mo, Larry, Curly. Well, I'm submitted. I'm going to follow that. I'm not not trying to. Submission is is God's way of how we operate. However. Just because there are people sitting on church seats today that are submitted to someone who's preaching something that's not out of the Bible does not make them get to heaven. So let's not go far and get the cart before the horse. Submission is, we're talking about submission, not talking about scriptural stuff that's talking to you about, you know, we all go out and, you know, shoot people. Well, I'm submitted, so let me get my gun out. That's not what we're talking about. But, there are times that is a test. I know this to be the case because I failed. There were times where I knew the people above me were wrong. I can, you know what? I can say this tonight because I've already repented, so I can say it. I knew there were times the bishop was wrong, and guess what? I was the one that ended up being wrong. I, I tell you what we have. I'm just going to be totally transparent with you because I'm trying to tell you something I've lived, not something I read in the book, okay? I can't tell you how many knockdown drag outs I had. I'm a very, how can I say this? There you go. Thank you. Who said that? Who said that? Very, very kind. Very. That was a kind way of putting it. Thank you. I like you. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that just being so nice to me. I'm a very passionate person, according to Ron. Sometimes that passion can get in the way of some things. And Bishop Wright and I had some passionate conversations years ago. And we had some passionate, just passionate, we just we were so passionate. You could, you could feel the passion in the room. It was just oozing with passion. And a lot of what's crazy is, A lot of the passion was dealing with things that we're actually doing now. That I knew God was putting in my spirit, but he was saying now's not the time. And the passion was, but why can't we do it now? Why are we going to do stuff that's not working? Because that's what we're doing. The passion just oozed out of me. But you know what? I have to I gotta admit to you, I failed miserably. I failed miserably. Because you know what? I was wrong. Oh yeah, what I was feeling about was right. But I was wrong because my authority said, now's not the time. And my attitude was, well, that's not, you're wrong, because this is what, God. no, I was wrong. I've had to repent. I've I've, I've, I've repented to him. I've repented to God, and I've repented to him, because I said, Bishop, I was wrong. My attitude was wrong. Spirit was wrong. Can you imagine? Think about this. Imagine the character, the Christian character, the, the the godly character of Joshua and Caleb, that they were willing to stay with the body even though they knew the body was wrong. But they knew the power of staying with authority. It cost those guys 40 years of the best years of their life. You want to fight, man? Now is the time to fight. Fight. Who wants to go fighting a war when you're older? But they stayed with the body. Because you know what? If Joshua and Caleb would have said, you know what? You guys are scared. You guys are full of doubt. You guys have no faith. You guys don't believe God. God can give us this land. Were they right that God could give them the land? Absolutely. But if they would have said, you know what? Who's with us? They'd have have made AI look like a victory. They would have never even got to a Jericho. They probably would have drowned in the Jordan. You know what? I do believe God sometimes puts things in our spirits of things to come. But now's not the time. Why? Because we're a body. We're a body. And I'm telling you, this principle right here. Those of you that are going through TAA, you know the teaching and submission. This stuff right here, there's so many key things that I didn't, I mean, I, that, that was another one. I, I spent half the time going through that first one just calling up the bishop. I'm sorry. I've just, well, I had a lot of conversations with him. He's like, why are you, because I'm just, I, it's a lot of stuff I realized and I did wrong. So that's enough of that. because I can feel it's getting, woo, it's getting too close to home for some of you, starting to squirm. Is it hot in here? Did they turn the air. No, it's just, it's just Jesus turning it up on you for a moment. Ephesians chapter six, verse number one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. I said this to my kids today, in Jesus' name, I'm just joking. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor. Thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. Sort of, that's where live long and prosper, isn't it? The Star Wars, live long on the earth. Star Trek. See, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not a Trekkie. I'm not a Trekkie. I'm sorry. Verse one. The Best time to learn obedience and submission is as a young child. Parents don't neglect to teach respect for authority to your children. You know what I find? I'm just going to stop right here. I'm not saying this is always the case. But I find that parents that openly challenge the pulpit in their home sow seeds in their young kids that they reap when those kids get older. Like, you know what, have problems, there are, we've had issues, but we have, my, my wife and I have tried our best. We've had some moments where we did it, we had to go back and repent, but we tried our best. We have frustrations because you know what, I don't want to sow seed in, that, in my child's heart that authority should be questioned. This whole attitude that there's a, there's a game a sports, a, 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 a video game company called EA Sports. It's, it makes all kinds of games from football to basketball. It's been around for uh, forever. When it first came out, when I was younger, I got my first EA game. This was way back. See, it was my Super Nintendo. So this would have been probably, boy, early 90s super nintendo came out well super nintendo had games made by ea and when the game would start up it would say this ea sports it's in the game and that's what it said for years but then eventually i don't know if it's still this way because i haven't played one in a while but now for a while it changed and it wasn't ea sports it's in the game it was ea sports challenge everything That was the term, challenge everything. Now, they were talking about from a thing where challenge your friendship. However, that's our mentality of our world. Question everything. We're trying to teach our, our 10-year-old, almost 11-year-old, when she asks why, well, we going to do this, why? You know what our answer is? You're not going to get a why all the time. And if I give you a why, I'm not teaching you how to just obey what you've been told. Because God's going to ask you to do things that has no why attached to it. And if I give you a why every time, then you're going to expect that's how life operates. And sometimes you don't get a why. God doesn't expect children to understand everything their parents tell them to do. Hallelujah. He just expects them to obey. And this principle applies to his own spiritual children. Hello. Do we need to read that again? God doesn't expect you to understand everything. But God understands understand it. I'm not trying to do for you to understand. Why? Because my ways are above your ways. My thoughts are above your thoughts. You're not going to explain it. Every person here, I would guarantee you, has asked that question. God, I just don't understand it. As if somehow God, I've used, you know, we've said this before, but it's as if some there, God's up there hoarding the answers. You, what's wrong with you, God? Tell me, but God, please, no, okay. I'll tell you, he doesn't do that? That's not what God's about. Let's be honest has manipulating God ever worked? I've tried it. I have some really good ones too. I remember one time I was I, I needed an answer from God, and I'm like, I know how to get an answer for God. I'm gonna use his word against them. How many times have you prayed this prayer? God, you gotta do this because your word says you're no respecter persons. And if you don't do it for me, then you're respect of persons, and then it means you're not He's like Huh? remember i had that i needed a word from god i needed much direction i needed god's i needed i was i was desperate for direction and i'm like god you gave gideon direction and he asked you to do this and he was weak in faith and you did it for them and i went down i mean i i was i was studying to prove god wrong. i wasn't studying the bible to know i'm like i'm a fine place in here i'm gonna pin you down god it didn't work got some good studying from it but it didn't work It didn't work. If you compare the lives of those having respect for authority with the lives of those who don't. All behavior has consequences. If you learn a principle on any level or at any age, you can learn it at every level. I love the people that say, when I get blessed, I'm going to start giving. When I get blessed, I'm going to start. I'm gonna, no, no, you're not getting it. You don't wait till you get blessed, you start where you are. Cuz you really think God's going to trust you with a million if he can't trust you with 10? Cuz you think that you think giving a dollar out of that 10 is harder than giving that 100,000 or that 200,000 whatever it may be? Oh God. You know when I God, when you bless me. When you bless me, God's plan for his people is filled with checks and balance. I'm moving forward here. Let's go back and read. I'm, 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 I realize we stopped there, verse 3. Go back and read verse 4. And ye, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Father, forgive me for these times I've done this. But bring them into up in the nature. and on. My goodness, my tongue is struggling now. Omniscient of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them. That are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and the sickness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With God, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same he, sh- he, w- he shall he receive of the Lord whether he be bond or free. God's plan for his people is filled with checks and balances. Submission must occur in an environment of mutual submission. The command is given to the father, or society leaves nurturing to the mother. Children learn their values from the authority figures at home. Your work ethic is your secular and your, well, your secular job is a concern to God because it concerns your character. How you act when no one is looking. Eye service. Verse 5, the word eye service. You only do what is right when someone is looking. Hallelujah. Do you know what the Bible calls that? Go back to verse 6 and look. People who do what's right only when someone's looking, they're called men pleasers. People pleasers. We are rewarded by the Lord, not necessarily by the person or place we invest in his kingdom. We do all of our work for him. Stop looking to others to compensate you for what you do for them. Praise God. You don't know what I've done. I've got nothing back because your reward's not coming from them. You don't do what you do to get back from others. Because they can't pay you back. How can I give you something I don't have? So I do for you because ultimately I'm doing it for him. Service in a godly aspect is serving others because serving others is truly serving God. Because here's the thing. If I serve people, I'm going to try to please people. If I serve God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to please him, and sometimes that's going to put me at odds with people. Woe be it to a leader. Woe be it to a leader that falls into the trap of trying to please everybody. Woe be it. Because you know what? As they say, you can please some of the people all the time. All the people, some of the time, but you cannot please all the people, all the time. That's not in the Bible, but it would be good to put in there if we could ever add it. God simplif- simplified New Testament church structure by giving only one job opening to every member. Slave. I, I For example, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. The term means a servant so devoted. That even if they were offered their freedom, they would refuse it because of their lifelong commitment to their beloved masters. As slaves to Christ, we are truly free. None of us has any justifiable excuse for ever saying, that job is beneath me. Sorry if you think you're too good for the job, but no other openings are available in God's kingdom. None of us ever has a justifiable reason for ever saying there were they were using me at that church. That's why we got into God's kingdom to be used by the Lord. Verse nine, let's move in through this. Verse nine. And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Finally, brethren. Be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye, may able, you, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all, stand. Stand, therefore, having girded up your loins about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel please, peace above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching whereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. And for me, That utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. There's Paul talking about that same thing again. That therein I may be, speak boldly as I ought to speak. Go back to verse 9. Let's read the commentary if we can. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles and of passion. When we are in a position of leadership, don't take advantage of others. No one should lead who has never followed. Ooh, just stop for a moment on that one. Joshua was a great leader because he had submitted to a flawed leader like Moses. Why has Paul spent so much time talking about submission? Because when soldiers are submitted, they will not break rank. They will win. Some of these brethren in here can talk about that. Better than I can. They could talk about the fact that from the very moment you step out of that bus that takes you to boot camp, it begins to be drilled in you from the very moment you step there. Follow orders without any kind of thought. You just follow orders. Don't we're not asking for opinion. We need to take that hill. But sir, there are guns up there that are shooting at us. We have to take that hill. But sir, I might fall down and get cut. We have to take that hill. What if I get shot? They get to the point, especially those Marines, little, they go a little beyond the call of duty. I have to pick on our fellow Marine in here. We have two actually. another one over here. God bless you, brethren. But to the point where you're given an order and that's why if you think about it, some of the stuff they do, and these brethren can talk about it better than I can. I'm, I haven't experienced it firsthand like they have. Some of the stuff they ask you to do in, 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 in boot camp and things like, it's just the dumbest stuff to the civilian mind. doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense but what are they trying to do they're trying to if you can't do this right when you get into a position that's life or death if you can't establish these principles now you'll never establish these principles when the bullets are flying if there's things you can't do in this place right here when the Spirit of God is moving and God is transforming life, if you can't do it here, you're not going to do it on your job. You're not going to do it in the face of this world telling you you're crazy. If you can't do it in here, you're not going to do it out there. If you can't worship here, you can't worship out there. If you have to be prodded to clap your hands and worship and praise God here, you're not going home and doing it. Why do we do things in here? Because if you can't do it here, you're not doing it. Don't tell me how spiritual you are, and you can't come in here, and you don't pray, and you can't worship, and you can't do it in this environment. Oh, but I'm always praying. I'm always really. If you can't do it here, you're not doing it out there. Well, well, the, you know the the the. the the people, people always say, well, I just don't want to do it because I don't want people to think I'm phony. I don't want to think people to think I'm just, I'm, I'm putting on. That's an excuse. You let God figure that out. If you're sincere, God will cover you. If you're phony, don't worry about it. God will pull the cover off. But what are we trying to do? We're trying to establish things in the kingdom of God. There are things... That God will show you and even let you taste. But then he will expect you to fight for it. Oh, I can't tell you that. How many times have you you just, hey, David, I'm going to make you king. Woo, man, little shepherd boy comes out of the field, little dusty, little smelly. Boom, this prophet pours his stuff. I'm king. Yes. Can you imagine? Come on, he was a young man. Don't tell me he didn't do this. You remember he just, like every once in a while, he just would let his mind wander. Come on, this is what, this is what, he was a human being. You ever think he just sat there sometimes, like out in the field with a sheep? Oh, sheep, I'm the great king. I'm I'm going to be king. I mean, come on. How cool is that? I'm the youngest, and the no one expects I'm going to be king. My only, I wonder what my brothers are going to think when they come rolling in my palace. See, my... Uh, Oh no! what is that going to be like? Can you imagine I'm the king? He didn't know that that oil was poured on his head was going to cost him a mighty painful journey. But it was the oil that kept him in the journey. See, God, you say, well, God's, God's, God's not fair. No, no, no. God will put the oil on you as a way to allow you to go through the process to train you what you're going to become. David went through three anointings in his life. Every anointing he faced was was followed by a greater enemy. Go read it. We always think David was only anointed once. Go look, he was anointed three times. Three times. And every time he was anointed, it was a different level he had to fight against. Can you imagine that? Or, or we go to another another great one, Joseph. He's just a young boy. He's just trying to be excited. I mean, how many times have we done that? Guess what God showed me? I got to tell you, God showed me that he's going to do this for me. We're just excited about what God's going to do. Hey, Joe. Uh, how's it going down there in the pit? Looking mighty good down there, right? What's God doing for you down there? He's like... How did I end up here? All I was trying to do, I didn't... You know what? I don't know about him, but if I was in his position, this is the conversation I would have had. God, is this really how you pay me? If I'd have known this, I wouldn't even have told anybody about this vision. I wouldn't even open my mouth. Maybe I'm the only one in here. Maybe I'm preaching to myself. But you ever felt like you're going, you're here, but... You're right there on the verge of something, but God then takes you way over there. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to be getting closer to it, not farther away. I was so close. I was so there. Why? Because God is preparing you. God's preparing you. Members of the New Testament church must be strong. There is a mandate from God. Not weak, not passive, not indifferent, not whining, but strong. The strength of God is not proven by how much you can avoid. It is proven by how much you can endure. Hallelujah. Mm, hallelujah. I might just need to say that one more time. Somebody needs to hear it. The strength of God is not proven by how much you can avoid, but it's proven by how much you can endure. Last page. We're almost done. I can see it. Christians in North America have never really had to suffer anything, but yet we complain about our light afflictions. Wouldn't a testimony service in heaven be a little bit embarrassing? Well, you know, I didn't get that big house. I had to live in my my house with running water, food on the table, car to drive, clothes on my back. I know it's petty. I know we're like, you know, oh come on, brother. Ray. You know, it's convicting. Convicting. I said this before. Someone asked me, and I've used I've I've answered I've told you this before. Someone asked me, why don't we see more miracles in North America? And why are all those seen, Brother Grossbach, remember when he was here, he talked about that. He talked about the fellow that had the abscessed tooth. He has a choice either live with it, rip it out himself. Or God has to do something. That will increase your faith. I'm telling you. If the options are Tom Hanks and the castaway thing. Or actually seeing God do something. I'm going to pray a little harder. But we in America have too many options. Because notice this. Even in the biblical stand, When she had gone to all doctors and had no more money. She reached out and touched Jesus. Whoa. Why didn't she do that from the very beginning and save her money? Because she had options. Why does God have to wait till you come to the end of yourself before he does it? Is he withholding it? No, because you're not in it until you have no options. Verse 11, put on the armor of God. Put off your own ideas and strategies. The devil is too smart for you if you fight in your own strength. The word wiles there actually means tricky. Verse 12, don't respond in the flesh because you're actually being attacked in the spirit. Don't let the problem back you off from the promise. We have become so secular that we think everything we are facing is natural. Today we counsel instead of wrestle. But it doesn't help. It is his armor, but it's your stand. We must engage in spiritual warfare because satan opposes every step we take. One principle principle governing receiving the blessing of god notwithstanding a struggle. Your promise is always locked up behind your problem. We live simultaneously in two spheres of existence, the spiritual realm and the natural realm. The spiritual realm is the is the parent realm from which everything naturally is given birth. The natural realm is simply an out an outworking of the spiritual realm, you cannot defeat the enemy in the natural realm. You must defeat him in the spiritual realm, and then the natural realm will fall in line with that. With what has been accomplished in the spirit, people are not your enemy. The devil is your enemy. You say, "How is this the case?" I don't understand that. Bishop Wright talked about this. He talked about being in a being in a a, a pool up to your neck. Where well, your head is in, one, is in air, but your body's in water. It's your body, but you're living in two different dimensions. That's how we truly can walk in the spirit. Is the fact is, yes, we're on this earth, and we live in the realm of this earth, but our spirit, walking in the spirit, we can break the bonds of this earth and walk in a plane, walk in, a, walk in places that our natural man cannot go. Every piece of the armor of God pertains to the identity in Christ. Loins girt about with truth. Base your entire life on pure motives. Breastplate. This is very simplified. We don't have time to go into all of these. So it's a very simplified comparison. Breastplate of righteousness. Guard your heart with holiness. Feet shod with peace. Lack of peace indicates lack of balance. Shield of faith. Soak your shield in the word of God. Helmet of salvation. Keep your mind on one thing. Salvation, sword of the Spirit. To wield the sword, you must know the word. Whoo! That's a that's like that's so simple. It's powerful. To wield the sword, you got to know the word. Why are we getting so much into this teachings? Why are we going so much in it? You got to know the word. You can't use something you don't know. And guess what? The devil knows the word better than you do. Verse 18, this generation has done more with praise than any other generation, but they still haven't learned how to pray. we got to be balanced. When the church doesn't pray, we are not even on the battlefield and the battleground. Those that carry the mystery are, in, are on the hit list of hell, but the bonds can't stop the ambassador in bonds. Pray all the way through a problem. Pray the details. What it means, be specific when we pray. Don't just pray random stuff, but speak to God. Proclaim and stuff in your life. Let me finish up by just going back to that last point that was made there. To wield the sword, you must know the word. We have to become, we've got to become students of the word because you cannot know God void of his word. And you know what? You cannot rely on the pulpit to tell you everything you know. We've got to have a, a desire in our own hearts to walk in Him. So I would encourage you to do this. We went through some of this stuff, several very quickly, and I would encourage you if you choose to do this. You don't have to do this; it's a choice. You can do it if you'd like to. I would encourage you if you got the notes, you can go back through if you got time. Why don't you go back through and Take take the commentary, but read through these. Read, read Ephesians on your own, and I would encourage you to do this. It would be it's this kind of this is sort of the way I do things sometimes and everybody has their own takes. I'm not saying I'm the right way. I would read it, read Ephesians like in the New King James. Maybe read it in like the Amplified. It's only six chapters. It'd take you 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Read it in the Amplified. Maybe read it in one of of the paraphrased Bibles just to get different context. And you get all these different contexts to really get a flavor of what's being said because each, each translation sort of brings out Something different. And that's how you really start to get a full picture. Bishop Bright always said a very simple thing you know, you get a verse and you're like, I don't understand the context. Go back and read five verses before, five verses after. If that doesn't sum it up, do 10 and 10. If that doesn't, why? Because the Bible has to be understood in the context in which it was written. If you don't do that, you can take some verses and you can have a field day with them. So we're learning how to become students of the Word of God that we can grow in God and become his disciples amen praise god god bless you thank you for your attentiveness no need to continue rambling on i encourage you to continue to strive to be a student of the word of god next two weeks we're going to finalize some things and lay the foundation for us going forward so praise god make sure you greet somebody god bless you see you sunday and small groups on sunday afternoon the lord bless you